Hello and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and today on the podcast, I am so very excited to have Michelle Charles Gustafson join us for the podcast. Michelle is a strategic marketing consultant turned certified image consultant, certified master life coach, and award-winning international success mentor. She is the creator of Hue and Style, which is a mentorship platform where she teaches growth-focused entrepreneurs, professionals, and community builders how to transform their self-belief and personal brand presentation into a superpower. Now, I um, came across Michelle, I think, as many of my previous guests on Instagram. And what I love about the work that she does is she's so focused on helping women build their confidence. And it, it shows up in so many different ways. And so she's got an Amazon bestseller book called Show Up Confident, which we're going to be giving a copy away of. And she's been a featured contributor on wellness website Thrive Global, has worked in collaboration with a global cosmetics brand for women of color, Iman Cosmetics, and has appeared as a repeat guest on uh, expert on CTV Your Morning. So here's what I love about, here's why confidence is actually such an important topic to discuss right now is because I know so many of us are not feeling it. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever it is, so many of us struggle with confidence. I see this in a lot of the clients that I coach is that confidence always comes up. If you're struggling with your confidence, you're likely feeling stress in some area of your life. And Michelle and I have that conversation on what is the correlation between stress and confidence. We talk about how you get through major life change and transition we talk about what to do when you're on Zoom all day long and you're just like, I don't want to be feeling the Zoom. I don't want to be seeing the Zoom. Now, I have to say in, in spending this time with Michelle, honestly, I feel like I could have talked to her for hours. She has so much value to add and I have zero doubts that you're going to end this episode with quite a few takeaways and aha moments. I know I did and uh, I know you'll be very interested as well. So before we get into the podcast episode, I just want to give you a couple more announcements because uh, some things are changing. Number one, um, there's going to be a bit of a shift with the podcast. Uh, I know it's been a little ad hoc of late because, you know, life has been rather busy for me. I'm taking a pause on the podcast. It is not that it is not going anywhere, but it is going to look a little different in the future. I'm thinking of doing, I'll just give you a sneak peek into the behind the scenes, what I'm thinking is of doing some themed seasons. So really diving deep into certain topics so that I can go a little deeper on topics that really matter the most to me and how they relate to your stress. And I'm going to be really, really, really thoughtful about the guests that I bring on to make sure that the content matches. Now, if you're interested in having a bit of a say in what some of those topics look like, or you're like, Victoria, I really want you to do a deep dive on X, get in touch with me on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at stresslessladies, or you can email me victoria at stresslessladies.com. I would always love to hear from you of what you're craving, what you're needing, what you feel isn't necessarily out there. And I will do my best to help with that. I've got some ideas, but I absolutely welcome yours as well. So please do get in touch. The next thing I want to let you know about is on April 8th uh, for Stress Awareness Month, I am doing a free webinar and it's all on how you can build your resilience. So it's called Resilient AF and we're going to be going through some key strategies to help you build that resilience. So resilience is all about that ability 
to bounce back from challenging times. So I don't know about you, but it's definitely been uh, a year that has tested our resilience. And you might be feeling tired, you might be feeling exhausted, you might be feeling overwhelmed. That doesn't mean you cannot be resilient. It doesn't mean you cannot flex that resilience muscle. If you are interested in this webinar, I really hope you join me. The way that you can sign up for this is, again, if you go to my Instagram at stresslessladies, uh, there's a link and um, if you click the link in my bio, it'll bring you to the link to sign up for it. Or you can go straight to Eventbrite and search for Resilient AF and you will find it. So it's going to be on April 8th from 10 till 11 Pacific Standard Time. I'm doing this once. It is it is only happening once. It is not going to be recorded. You need to show up live if you want to see it. And this is the same kind of workshop that I give for corporate groups. So normally I charge for this kind of workshop. I'm, I'm giving it to you for free because I really, really, really know that you're going to get a lot out of it. And I really want you to show up live. That is just such a different energy when people are on the call and participating you and I both know you're not going to watch a replay, right? <laughs> Realistically, you and I both know that's not happening. So April 8th, 10 to 11 Pacific Standard Time, put it in your calendar. Make sure to register. There's only limited spots available. It is going to be absolute fire. I've done this workshop a number of times for corporate groups and the feedback is always through the roof. So I hope to see you there. Uh, and again, you can find that on Instagram at Stressless Ladies or go to Eventbrite and search Resilient AF. Okay, without further ado, let's head into this fire episode with Michelle Charles Gustafson. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the podcast. I'm so pleased to have you. I'm excited to be here, Victoria. It's nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet your listeners exciting. Absolutely. I'm I'm so curious because I think when I talk to so many of our podcast guests it's like I mean the initial question is just always how in the heck did you get into this fascinating line of work that you're in now in a nutshell. You know, isn't it funny because life I say life there's breadcrumbs, right? I have been doing an iteration of the kind of work I do for the last 23 years, okay? And the work I would say I do is the ability to help people see themselves and believe in their potential. So that's the work I do. Now, job titles have changed. Things have moved around. I started my schooling as um, a, a marketing strategist for packaged goods. That was what I went to school for. So for me as an image consultant, that's how I think about people, right? People, I package them, right? And then I was a small business consultant helping small businesses package themselves, understand how to communicate themselves. And then I was an award-winning um, sales director for a direct sales company, helping my team package themselves and become business owners and successful at that. And helping my clients see themselves as more confident. Then I became an image consultant to deal with more of the full image, not just their face because I found that, well, that's a, we'll talk about that. And then as an image consultant, I found that just dealing with the outside wasn't enough for it to stick. So now as a life coach, we smash them all together. And so now that idea of creating self-belief over all these years is something that sticks. And then what people do is they use that to amplify their voice for whatever they're doing. 
And isn't that so true that like there's all these hacks or tips out there like buy a new outfit, you'll feel great, you'll all these things. But if in here is not fixed, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And I think what is cool about the times that we're in is that people are starting to really see the nature of us as people. Like you cannot just put on a top and that that one top is going to be better. Okay. It's not going to change your life. One, uh, I always give the example of, uh, you know, there's the one company, I don't know what it is. I won't mention it, but there's something about self-confidence in a box. And I, I just, I just can't, my husband knows I can't handle myself when I see that commercial. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. The top is not saving your life. The top is not helping you find purpose. The top. Now there is a connection. I know we'll get into it about seeing as believing at, and seeing yourself in clothing as believing, but it is not as simple as shopping. You know, it's not as simple as retail therapy. They, they've got to go hand in hand to stick. And my people know that I am only about permanent solutions. I don't like band-aids. So if, if we want to fix confidence permanently, you have to do it from the inside, outside, something that works at every point in your life as you're evolving. You have a podcast episode called Confidence is Self-Love in Action. That's my quote. I absolutely adore that. Can you tell me more about how that shows up? You know what? Confidence is a sureness of self. That's what it is. It's a, it's a sureness of self. It's a sureness of, of your ability. And it does not blossom, that sureness, without an understanding of self. And I think people, you know, these days I, I say like people like to crowdsource their personal development, meaning you get in a group and we all talk about how stressed we are or how I don't have confidence or I'm feeling down. But that is not where confidence is built. It is built inside. It is a personal journey. It is a personal responsibility. And so the first step in finding sureness of self is understanding what self is made from. And you can't crowdsource that because you are not the same as me. You don't have the same gift. In my book, I talk about gift, talent, virtues, values. You don't have the same as me. So nobody can tell you that. You have to, it's a personal responsibility to discover that. Once you discover that what I call the confidence compass, once you get your compass, now you can start to direct your life, right? And so once you understand your compass, like holding it in your hand and you are in love with your compass, it's like, this is me. These are the things that are, are given to me that can never be taken away as gifts. These are talents that I've developed over my life that, that nobody else can do. The combination of the two, nobody else can copy, right? And the values that I run my life by are the, the ways I make my decision. Once you are in love with that, you start to act from it. And that's where confidence is self-love in action. Because you will make decisions on the jobs you take, the positions you hold, where you speak up, where you sit down, who as a relationship is meant for your life and who is not who you release. It drives everything, right? So Without the very base lesson of the self-worth, self-love, it's, uh, you know, people say confidence, like, well, fake it, you make it. I do not believe that. That to me, that's a myth because without the base self-love, self-worth, understanding of self, confidence is always fleeting. Okay. And I remember I am not about uh, temporary solutions, only permanent things. So if you want it to stick, it's got to come from the self-work. Yeah. 
inside. Do you think there's a certain amount of like, you have to have lived a certain amount of life for that to happen? Because I talk to a lot of people who are like, my gifts, what are those? I haven't figured out my why. I haven't figured out any of that. So the idea of them looking at their compass, they're like, I don't know what my friggin' compass looks like yet. Nope. I have clients from 18, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60. At any point in your life, you can decide to know what those are for you because they're sitting in you. They are there. They are there. Now, it's a matter of how aware you are to know that those gifts, talents, virtues, values, that compass is what you use to power your life. You know, no, because like even when I was younger, I knew that. But it was it was because of my background too. It's like that is the base. So you have to be eager to want to discover that. And that's not an age thing. That's not a life experience thing. That is a that is a self-awareness and a want to live, to get more out of life, honestly, to get more out of life. Because we can all get a job. We can all like do things. We can all, you know, feed our kids or whatever. Like we can all do the things of life. But if you want more out of life, there is a part of you that will recognize that something in me needs to be realigned. And that's usually how it shows up with the people, like the people I talk to, my clients, is that they're feeling a sense of misalignment. That can happen at 25. I think of my, um, one of my clients, Paige, she's, she's 25 and she came to me and she's like, something's not right. I have this big job. I have all the things. I'm living all the things. I feel empty, like a shell. If, that's, if that feeling of shell is there, that's a clue. And, and I have a podcast, I think, talking about um, overwhelm, like the feeling of overwhelm is actually a clue. It's a signal, ding, 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 ring, 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 um, that something in your confidence, your self-assuredness needs to be addressed, okay? It's something is misaligned. And so finding ways to create that alignment is the way to get it back. It's the way to reduce that overwhelm. So I'm curious because like as a stress reduction coach, one of the things that I see a lot in my clients is, is issues with confidence. So how does that show up on your end? Like when, when clients are coming to you, what do you see happening with stress? Well, here's the thing about stress, like is that confidence is about sureness of self and a sureness of ability. But what people don't know is that confidence, that sureness of self comes from certainty. Certainty. So without certainty, you have self-doubt. You have insecurity, you have fear, you have anxiety, that's stress. When you don't have certainty, it's like you're a boat in the storm. You're up and down and around. You don't know where your anchor is, okay? So when I see people coming to me, they are the boat in the storm, topsy-turvy, can't find, they can't find their center. And what what it is, is that then the rest of their life looks completely stressful. Okay. So now my kids are out of hand and I hate my job too. And, you know, I can't find time to work out and I hate my body. Like stress is the end of the foundation. Okay. And the foundation is the misalignment. So what I normally, what we do at the beginning is that we find the alignment. So we find certainty of self. We go, who am I? who okay who am I at my base on that compass and beyond what am I here to do who is it that I serve in my life and it's not my kids okay it's not my job no you everyone who is here is serving a certain kind of person with who they are not what they do 
who they are and what is my outcome I'm here. And that in the book, I call it your meaningful outcome. That meaningful outcome is the thing that drives the certainty. Once you are certain and you know that meaningful outcome, stress goes away. Why? Because you understand what things fit and what things don't. What you live with, what you release. Because we're not meant to take it all on, but for whatever reason, we're, you know, life says, you know, be a superwoman, all those things, whatever. No, 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 mm -mm, nope. I tell my clients, nope, not everybody is meant for you. You're not meant for everybody. So in order for you to know who, you have to be certain. And that is the inner work because aligning that, your confidence compass and your meaningful outcome and getting them to work together, that's the work of confidence. Then you learn how to show up for it, right? And that's the image part that I do. Because what people don't know is that once you are very certain about who you are and about what, and I keep looking, I, your viewers can't see it, but I keep looking at my board right there because that's my meaningful outcome. Like all of my people have it right there in front of them. It drives everything they do in their day, right? And so once you have that, you can actually attach that symbolism to every piece of something you put on your body. Because what your listeners may not know is that everything you put on has symbolism in it. But if you don't know the symbolism, you actually don't know what you're putting on. But if you know the symbolism, you can actually put on productivity, you can put on motivation, you can put on for visibility, you can put on for influence, you can choose how you're choosing to show up. It's all about intention. But that's the secret Jedi mind trick. I know. Now I'm like, what is yellow symbolizing? Well, <laughs> you know, and it's not just one color. So I'm a color, <laughs> color expert. So I deal in the science of color. So people usually see the art of color, right? And, you know, pretty much I tell people, like, you, you pretty much think about color like you think about grade five art class. Roy G. Biv, right? And when I say Roy G. Biv, you think of the rainbow and you think red is like that red, orange is like that orange, yellow is like that yellow, whatever. But what I'll share with you is that color is infinite. So the yellow that you see in your mind on a Roy G. Biv rainbow is not the only yellow, okay? It is not the only yellow and not everybody wears that yellow that flatters them and not every yellow means the same thing. So mustard is different than, than, uh, than uh, lemon yellow. Lemon yellow is different than topaz. Mm -hmm. you know? So when you want to use the intention of color, the first thing is to understand that it should be personalized for you. The colors that are harmonizing with your uniqueness, right? That match that meaningful outcome of uniqueness. Then you use your Roy G. Biv to send messages. So you send messages to yourself in terms of what values you want to portray. You send messages to others in terms of influence you want them to take action. What do you want someone to do? You can influence them through the personalized color you wear. It is the magic, is like my most, I love it. It's like, it is a superpower because if you do it properly, there is, no reason why people don't see you for exactly who you are, the intention you are exactly trying to portray. And yes, it builds a personal brand, but it also builds a sense of power in yourself. You can always show up the way you need to as yourself.
It has me thinking, um, I think there was just a post on this the other day that Lovey Ajayi Jones did on her, her book just came out, Professional Troublemaker, and she's like, for this month, I am just wearing like red, black, and, and white, and like, but not just about it being the colors of the book, but about like how it makes her feel, how she shows up, how it, um, you know, the impression it leaves on others, yeah. like, and I, I, I'm but like, it that's interesting because red, white, and black, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, and it depends on what she wants to do because yeah. those, mm-hmm. depending on those, the hues that she's wearing, those can be very polarizing. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And book so it's called the, Professional the Troublemaker, right? Yeah. How you combine colors and how they, um, how they affect the viewer, right? Is really important. But that, I mean, look, color science mm-hmm. is like, I could talk all day about that. That's all day yeah i want to talk about um as you were saying like confidence is clarity and certainty what happens when people are going through these major life changes right like i see that uh, confidence knocked you know divorce layoff from a job having a child having another child or you know moving it's this huge shift in people's certainty and it, and even the pandemic right like how do we get back certainty so that we can show up as ourselves when we don't know what's going to happen how do Listen, you what do you talk so to your clients about with that life is life is life it is okay so you've got confusion you've got coping you've got the pandemic you you know so all of these feelings get dug up you know the frustration the overwhelm all the things so as soon as that happens I tell my people, as soon as you feel it, do not let it go by. You are noticing the overwhelm and it should signal you that there needs to be discovery. You have changed. This is called, there's a change, which is the point in time. And then the transition that happens after it. And I talk about this in the book. It's like the change is the thing that shook you up. And what happens at a change is that all the important 11 priorities of your life get tossed into the air. And then they fall down on the table and they're all puzzle pieces. I don't know where to put those back again, how that is. So as soon as you feel this overwhelm and this whole, even like through the pandemic, the prolonged overwhelm, you need to look at the pieces because what happened is, is that your values changed. When change happens and transition happens, your values need to be reassessed because likely you think something is more important is, 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 differently important than it used to be, right? And so exploring, doing that discovery work is finding out what are those values that are important to me now, not 20 years from now, not when I was back in college, not when, you know, and and women like to do that. like, well, when I was back in college, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about now, right? Life has happened. So understanding those values is important. Then once you understand the values of like, what is most important for me to live through, express through in my life, then it's a matter of finding meaning. Meaning. In all of this stuff that has happened, there is meaning for you. And I think what people don't do and what makes them stressed and makes them bogged down is that they get stuck at not finding the meaning. So they go, yes, this happened to me. I'm in transition. Oh my gosh, I probably need to do some self-discovery. I don't know how to do that. So I'll crowdsource it. I'll read a couple Instagram posts and then I feel good for a moment, but then I slip back. 
What they're missing is the push through to find meaning in it. There is meaning. And so I talk about the four different whispered lessons that I learned from my mom in the book. And the first one is about self-worth. Then it's about courage, compassion, and discipline. Those are the lessons. If you can figure out what life is trying to teach you with what you're going through, you will shift from just hanging out in overwhelm to going, who am I in this? And how have I changed? And how can I appreciate who I have become through this? That's the difference, right? That's how people move through. That's how people heal. Now, <laughs> then it's up to the person to want to see it. Because if you don't want to look at what the stress has given you, then, then nobody can help you. You will stay stuck in overwhelm. You have to know that moving past it requires you to maybe look at the stuff, look at yourself in the stuff, own part of the responsibility in the stuff, and then decide if you want to walk past it, right? And there's always, when in a personal development journey, there's always that point of the opportunity to change. You have an opportunity. What is your decision? Okay, and that's gonna come down to how you value yourself, giving yourself permission to change, the investment of it takes to change, and not always just financial investment, but effort, gumption, the ability to see yourself, to, I always say, take yourself to 30,000 feet and look at yourself, okay? And, and, and you know, some people don't want to do it. Some people don't want to do it. Some people maybe want to go to 10 feet and say, oh, I'm looking at myself. No, you're not. It, it takes awareness. And maybe that's just not that part of their journey yet. And that's fine. But people who want to change their life permanently and move forward, understand it's a personal responsibility to do, understand that it takes perspective. And the ones who want to do it the fastest will seek help to get that perspective. Because when, when you're in it yourself, it's like you can't see the forest for the trees, right? But when you have someone who can see see you, be with you at 30,000 feet and go, look, but do you see that down on the ground? That's how you get those fast results in up-leveling confidence, your success level, your, your courage, your, all of the discipline, all of the things. So. I just finished a 90 day cohort of our group coaching program yesterday. And one of the women said to me, and, and all of them had a struggle with confidence in one way. And the best gift to me is that one of the women said, I started taking pictures with my family again. And I was like, isn't this incredible that we cut ourselves out because of, you know, a lack of confidence, right? We cut ourselves out of our memories or we sort of rewrite, no, it, this is about them. I'm putting out, you know, it's, it's about them looking great as a family. Like we just cut well, ourselves, we out, cut of the ourselves narrative out of the narrative because, because we up. don't know our place in the narrative. It, it, it's not even, um, it's not even, uh, it's a, it's a conscious awareness of what our place is here. That's what confidence is. And I think people will, um, there are lots of ways to treat the problem of confidence, right? So people are like, I don't have confidence. And so maybe they might do a fitness journey or a weight loss journey or like, so they're doing a thing. And I always caution people about doing a thing to get your confidence back. That's a problem. Because if you're doing a thing, when the thing stops, it's still not yours. You still don't own it. 
instead of doing a thing, explore the being. Understand the being as close as you possibly can. And so I always say, I share to people, I'm like, you know, it's all fine to learn new skills, but skills are what about, about who, what you're doing, not who you're being. So yeah, you can get confident at doing a skill. Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. What are they? I'm going to learn how to do Instagram. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take another degree. That's a lot from my women. It's like, oh, I took my last degree and I got my master's. I'm like, I'm still not confident. I know because you're doing isn't the thing that makes you okay with who you are inside. If you don't explore the being, the doing doesn't matter. Sorry, I just think it makes me think of all these high performing women and the imposter syndrome, right? They are doing, they are knocking their goals out of the park, their goals on 100% empty because I have them yet. They're not, they are crumbling. They don't know themselves. They hate Mm -hmm. their life, but it looks amazing out there. It looks amazing. Cool. But when you get to the end of it all, when you get to your last day, do we care? No. No. Or do you want to sit back and go, I impressed on the people around me with who I am, something that raised their confidence, that brought them joy, that brings me joy at the same time. That's the meaningful outcome. It's not meaningful if it's just done to get done. And I think to me, you you hear, because I get a little bit, this is Michelle, this is MCG. I get a little bit, you know, in the voice because there are so many people living that lie. And I get like that because I was her. (laughs) I always say I'm a type A in recovery. Okay. I will always be a type A in recovery because that validation and and a lot of times too the high achievers will never be no michelle i don't it's not the validation i need from outside these are just goals that i have wrong i'm calling you out i see you all in the listeners it's not it if you ask yourself get very quiet and sit down with your journal you will see that a lot of those achievements were for validation for you to be okay with yourself just be honest And the thing is, is I always ask my client, wouldn't you just like to validate yourself? Wouldn't you just like to sit with yourself in a quiet room by yourself with nobody else and go, you know what? You're kind of awesome. Actually, you're not kind of awesome. You're amazing awesome. And not crowdsource, just you. Just you. No. Yes. Or not distract yourself, well, right? Like I can't cut be with out myself of the picture, the family because picture, they so... can't even see themselves because they can't be with themselves because I don't know who that is. And you can't know who it is. I, I, I talk about this too. I'm like, you can't know who that is because relationships are built on conversations. Okay. Think about it. If you're married, what happened? You went on some dates. <laughs> we played pool over the pool table and you talked about things and the life and the times and what you liked and they started to know you I'm like I I'm a salsa dancer no way really oh cool I love that too la 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 conversation women are you listening you're not having conversations with yourself how do you expect to have a relationship with yourself if you don't have a conversation with yourself most women are afraid to hear who that is they don't even know what the voice sounds like. And I talk about that a lot because in order to 
understand the depth of a meaningful outcome that becomes actionable, that wins the goals while you love yourself, while you go, this is exactly where I belong. You have to have an intimate relationship with yourself. And that is, like I said, that's not done through skills. That's, that's not done through skills. That's done through conversations. And are you having those conversations through journaling, through like just the self-reflection? What, what does that look like? I advocate journaling, but I advocate journaling in a certain, I have a certain process I teach because most people will come to me like, I don't do journaling because I don't like writing. I don't know what to write. That's what I hear all the time. I don't know what to write. And I understand that because you've never had a conversation with yourself. That's why you don't know what to write. Okay. So I want you guys to all know that if you don't know what to write, it's because the conversation with you is like, you guys are way across the room and you've never had one. Okay. The closer you get to yourself, the more you can have one. Okay. And journaling is not about talking about what we're doing today. And then that lady down the hall, you know, it's like, I can't believe she said that to me. Now there's some of that in there, but journaling is not for that. It is for exploring what it is that makes you happy, what it is that, what joys are, um, are embedded in you, what values are most important to you. And what, you, what happens is when you journal in a certain way, it will draw down the things that are part of your confidence compass. And it will draw down the things that are part of your meaningful outcome. And then you can piece those together. And it's not fast. I also want you to know that. You're not going to write one entry and know it all. Remember, conversations over time. How long did you date your husband? Not terribly long. <laughs> well, and sometimes you know you know. And, and, and even in journaling, sometimes if you do it right, just like dating, if you do it right, <laughs> If you do it right, you get, you get to the meat right away, right? And you can see and understand yourself right away. But sometimes you've got to crack the shell a little bit before the ooze comes out. So for, for some, it's, it's different. Uh, yeah, some it's different. For, some, for others, it's different. I've been journaling since I was in grade five. I had my first journal. It was those ones from Woolworths. And it had the little lock and the little key, Think, right? Mm -hmm. And I have continued a conversation with myself through every major portion of my life. And I always share that journals are journeys. So when you finish a journey or a portion of your life and you've learned those lessons, I close the book, whether there's pages left or not, move on, get a new book and start over again. And um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing way to draw out that conversation. Yeah. It's, um, and I, I think it's one I hear from a lot of people. I don't have time to journal. I don't have time for that. And it's like, okay, then no. no. Well, do you have time to have a relationship? Like, do you have time to have your, see, whenever I hear that I don't have time, then what else don't you have time for? Right. And why are we not having the time? There's a bigger, better question to ask there. Because if you don't have seven minutes for yourself, that's really all it takes. If you don't have seven minutes for yourself, what else are you compromising? Why are you not giving yourself seven minutes out of 24 hours? Well, there's more. And the thing I hear is there's that like so many, especially the high, high performing women want it to look a certain way. 
journaling looks like I spend an hour uh-huh, and I 100%. do see the deep reflection or working out or, you yeah. know, putting myself together. I, I either put myself together perfectly or videos off on Zoom. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's these extremes yes. of this is the way it should look. So I feel like tracking that is huge. Yeah. And you know where that comes from? It comes from it comes from being disconnected from the compass, because if you think that if I have to do it perfectly or I don't do it, it's because you don't own the certainty in yourself. You don't own the certainty. And those are the women who are crumbling. Right. So it's like if I don't put myself together the perfect way for the Zoom, I'm turning it off. It means you don't know what the certainty looks like in yourself. So you don't know how to show up on Zoom. What what makes an outfit makes you feel powerful first before you turn on the video. That's not about the other people on the video. That's about you, right? That's the image part of what I do. It's like, if you don't know coming to see, and because right now y'all don't know, but I'm wearing like my teal, her mock neck with the ear. I said, if you don't know that you're coming to the video, to the podcast, even if the listeners can't see you, but you're not dressed in an image that makes you feel powerful in that the seeing and believing and in clothed cognition is working for you personally, then it doesn't ever matter. Right. And that's the connection between the seeing is believing the image and the confidence, because science proves that when you attach the right symbolism to the things that you wear, you will perform higher. You will create better results. You will come across more powerfully. You will be more influencing. You will have more self-belief, but the symbolism has to be intentional. So why did I wear this teal? I know why. I know exactly why. It's working on Victoria. She doesn't know it because she can see me. You know, but it's working on myself when I looked in the mirror before I got on the thing, right? And so that's the starting of the day with that certainty locked up in who I know I am and what I have to deliver and what I want to impart and what I want to share is the thing that makes the magic. It's the thing that creates more magnetism for whatever it is you were creating, whether it's a business or a project or your team or your leading so it all starts with you, right? So all those ways you uh, fortify yourself before you try to show up is the most important thing. So I do want to touch on the on the personal style or the how you show up confident piece. And um, aside from all the deep, deep inner work, I do want uh, to direct mm-hmm. people to your book. And we'll talk about the book again in a second. But I work in a corporate environment um, day to day and like we're all on Zoom all day long. And I feel like we're all, uh, everybody is just getting sick in some ways of seeing themselves, or at least that's the sentiment I'm hearing of. We're just like, I just, we're done. What is that signaling to you that we just don't want to see it? Like when you hear that, what is that making you feel? Uh, It's funny because so many of my newest clients are like, oh, the Zoom. I'm like, it's not the Zoom. They're like, I need, I need image because, and you'll hear me talk about image, not style. Um, there's a difference there. Okay. So image is, is three parts, ABC, appearance, behavior, communication. Those three create a reputation and a personal brand. Your style, how you wear your clothes is, is how you wear your clothes is part of a, 
Okay. But it's only a portion. It's only a portion. So when people come to me and they're like, eh, the Zoom, I'm sick of seeing myself. I don't want to see myself on the Zoom. It is not the Zoom. It's you. So I'm sorry. But, and I have people too. They're like, but can I just learn how to do the clothes, Michelle? I don't need the inner stuff. I need the clothes. No, that's not how I work. Because I know how to use and clothe cognition. And the only way you actually get both working together the most powerfully is if you mix the inner with the clothes. Because we are putting symbolism in your clothes before you put your clothes on. Okay. And the reason why you don't want to see yourself on a Zoom is because you don't know why you're showing up on the Zoom. That's why. You don't know what your outcome is. And so I think of actually Paige and she's like high power job. She's young, but high power job corporate, right? And she's like, I hate this Zoom. I'm going to turn this thing off. I said, Paige, you don't know the outcome. Why are you showing up on the Zoom? So let us, because one of the first things I do is I, I help them do a, a deep dive. We call it the so what factor statement of why they're showing, why they need to show up. Gifts, talents, virtues, values, outcome in the end statement, the whole thing, why they are in their lives. Okay. And I said, the reason why you don't want to go on the Zoom is because you don't know the outcome and you don't know what you're there to do. And you don't know how you're doing it that is unique to you. That's why you don't want to go on the Zoom. That's why you don't want to speak up. Okay. And as soon as we crafted that, she's like, I went on the Zoom. I'm like, I know you did. <laughs> she goes, I went on the Zoom. And she goes, and I put my human style on. I'm like, I know you did. And she goes, they were like, who are you? But she had an outcome. She had a reason to be on the Zoom. She has a way of being able to improve people in a certain kind of way. She has a superpower about it. That's why she showed up on the call. So when people tell me, they're like, I don't want to put myself out there. Like it used to be put myself out there. Now it's like put myself out there on Zoom. Okay. I don't want to put myself out there. It's because you're disconnected from the reason why you're there. And that happens over time. You can be working a job and you're just going through the motions and one more Zoom meeting is like number 20 of 25 this week. But without an intention of why you actually are, are on the call that uses who you are as a person, you will feel that way. So you, ha you have to explore the inner and then package it. So they see you and hear you. I love it. I'm so pumped to dive into your book. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your book before we move into our final five? Sure. Uh, this book. Okay. I actually think you asked me, what is the most inspiring book you've read in the past few years? I'm like my own. Good. Amazing. Honestly, uh, writing it was, um, well, look, we all go through ch change and transition, right? So part of me writing that was uh, through the pandemic. And it was last year and it was a way to honor my life, my parents who taught me so much. It's, it was really a way to honor them in how I was able to heal myself through difficult spots in my life. Um, little bouts of depression, body image issues, all of that. Being different in a very, I was the only for as long as I could remember. And what do you do with that, right? So the book is really, I always say it's my heart on pages. It's like, if you want to know me, Maybe you don't after this podcast, but maybe if you do, uh, if you want to, who is this? You read the book, you will know me. And what, what I'm hearing from my readers is that the things that make us the same as people are all there. And it doesn't matter what somebody look like. It, it, do, it doesn't matter what somebody 
you perceive them as on the outside. Wow, she's really confident. Like, ooh, Michelle, she's super confident. I'm like, yeah, but I had times too, guys. We all do. And so it's it's my chat about the beauty of change, the adventure of resilience is chapter three. Resilience, the ability to bounce back and really how to see the inner stuff first. Do not try to separate it. And then I uh, talk about the idea of seeing as believing and seeing yourself as who you are becoming. I say that all the time. It's like, if you're growing, you're becoming someone, but you have to see yourself as that. And that's the idea of matching that image. What I see with my eyes, I believe in my heart and then I act accordingly. And I think for me, it was my line in the sand of um, why I'm here, right? Because if I am ever away and gone away, and I, I, I said to my editor, I said, when I'm, this is about when I'm dust, when I'm dust, they're gonna know that this is what I stood for. You gotta see the inner, put it on the outside and then show up. And we're all showing up for a very specific reason in our lives. And it's not to feed kids, it's for you. It's for you. And if you don't know it, like saying your name, you're missing the joy of life. And I just want people to find the joy of life. So you got to know it. Well, I know how incredible this past hour has been for me. So to get, I'm a slow reader, to sit down for like six or seven hours with your book, like I'm Here's what you can for. do. Here's what you can do. Because one of my gifts is to talk. Audiobook? Audiobook girl. You know I got you. <laughs> Love it. Especially with two it. kids. Like I'm a yeah. listen in the car, doing yeah. dishes, all the things. What I find is uh the reader community, they tell me they love my voice. They tell me they love my voice. So they're like, Michelle, I audioed, but I also got the paperback so that I could like take notes. So you do you do you, you do what you ever gotta do. I am actually a slow reader as well. So anything I can listen to all good. Awesome. Excellent. Well, I'm at that stage with like two toddlers where I'm just like bedtime. I like 10 pages and I'm done. Right. It's putting you to bed <sighs> for a I walk. Know. Well, maybe my voice will soothe you. <laughs> See, I don't think I could listen to you before bed. Cause you'd have me like inspired and pumped up and like not wanting to go to bed. I've heard so that, that would be a bad, no bad combo. I've heard that Beginning too. of the day, get yeah. fired up. I feel yeah. like that's what Michelle is for. Okay. So interestingly enough, one of our first questions in our final five is what are the things or the projects that get you fired up in a good way, personal, professional, otherwise? You know, it, it, it is, I mean, it sounds trite probably because it's coming from a confidence coach, but it's not, I, I get fired up for people to see themselves. I want you, just like I said, like two minutes ago, I want you to know, like, you know, your name, gifts, talents, the values you live by, like, you know, your name. And then I want you to know why you're here. And so the thing about that, the, why it gets me, you see how it's like in the voice, because why it gets me fired up is because once you know that everything else changes and the energy of how you do anything, I say, how you do something is how you do everything. The energy of how you do everything will change. And so I get fired up when people claim their individuality, 
when they are eager to grow, when they are all about independence, and that's the thing that leads to freedom. I just want them to be free, free of any burden, free of any outside force. I want them to be themselves. Yeah. And then use it. Oh, I love it. It gives me like chills. Yep. So we know the most inspiring book you've read in the past few years was your own. So um, lovely listeners can go to my Instagram at Stressless Ladies because we're going to be giving away a copy of Michelle's book. So you want to get that. Um, I'm, I'm curious, given the conversation we have, what are your go-to strategies for handling stress? I always like to know how people, what are things you're doing and being to be less stressed? Number one, number one, journaling. 100%. I have a two to, I have a two a days practice morning and an evening. Okay. Two a days. Number two, dancing. Okay. So I am a salsa dancer from back in the day. I teach. I used to teach back in university and I taught here as for a while. Give me some salsa, get it on. I want it loud in my ears and I will bust a move. Okay. So that <laughs> music in general also changes my state. Um, it is very important to me about anything that I'm doing. There needs to be a music that's matching. And also um, I love food. So cooking, <laughs> cooking also is a stress reliever for me. Um, creativity, honestly, like all of those things are yeah. creative. Oh, I love it. Music is such a game changer, right? <laughs> like you can be feeling down in the dumps and you put on the right song and the right, you know, playlist and you are just in a different state on yeah. fire. Love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given? It has to be from my dad. He always used to say, and this is in the book, so you'll meet him in the book. Um, so when we used to, okay, so I'll just tell you a little story. So he was a dentist, um, but you'll read about um, meaningful outcome. He wasn't just a dentist. He gave people confidence, right? The confidence to smile, to be themselves, present themselves. And um, he always wore, because he wore a dental smock every day, but underneath that was a crisp iron shirt, tie just right, you know, slacks ironed and the shiniest buffed shoes. And he always used to say when we had our image presenting who we were, he always used to say, looking sharp as a tack. And he didn't mean the clothes. He meant the ability to own your boldness, to not be invisible. He meant being intentional about your actions and who you were serving and to show up for that important purpose, that work. And that the reason why you, you put attention on your image is to honor who you are first on the inside. And when you honor that and you say, Michelle, you're important and you do this important work and you're living through these values, you will change lives in the smallest of ways for the biggest of ripples. So to me, it is always being sharp as attack. Coming to this podcast, nobody's gonna see me. I'm sharp as attack on this, on this podcast. Yeah, you, know, you I got are. On, I got my earrings. I got, I got my, I got my everything because it brings honor to me in the important work that I do. It honors you in providing this message and it changes somebody who's listening because I was intentional. 
that's what my life is about. I love what you're saying. Smallest of ways, biggest of ripples. And we can't know what that ripple is going to be. We can have intention around it when we hope it's going to be, but yeah. And as you feel probably your listeners through this podcast, because voices do not lie, it makes me emotional because that's how true it is. I, I, my one quote I always say is like, in tears, there's truth. You know, women are, will come to me and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm coming. Like, no, 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 that's truth. There's, in tears, there's truth. And the truth is, is that if you can't find that emotion in yourself for how you are living, you are selling yourself short. It should make you emotional. It should make you want to um, pour it out and not apologize for it. And if you're not there, well, you got some growth to do. Oh, okay. And the final question, which I have a feeling we've touched on a little bit is what does it mean to you, Michelle, to live your best life? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I wrote success is a feeling. It's a feeling. It's not a thing. It's not some award you got. It's not a degree you put on your wall. It's a feeling. And most people don't actually know what it feels like because they're, they're racing around trying to get it, but they don't know what it feels like. I recently experienced what it feels like, again, just the feeling, not all the things, who cares? <laughs> because in the end, none of that other stuff's gonna matter. If you feel it, it means it went somewhere. It was, the, it was the drop in the ocean that rippled out from you. And if you know that to be true, I'm done. And I know I will be removed from the planet when I'm done. And I will know that the job was well done. That's all. Oh, okay. This has just been like the most inspiring hour for me. So, and I have no doubt for my listeners as well. So thank you so much for your time. Everybody needs to go out and get that book right now, but we've got one lucky person who's going to win a copy. So head to Instagram. Um, in the show notes for today, we'll be linking to all the places you can find Michelle and her incredible work. So make sure you check those out as well. And just sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you. This was incredibly powerful. Thank you, Victoria, for having me. Thank you for your platform because you're, you're tapping on people to understand what's going on in their life too. It is, it, is, it is a way in, right, for them to see more, to see what is causing them stress in their life or what is making them itchy, as I say. If it's making you itchy, remember there's a misalignment. So there's your opportunity. So you're showing them the chance for an opportunity so that they can make an intervention and have an opportunity to change. That's important. Okay. Big thank you to Michelle for joining the podcast. She is absolutely incredible. And I know you'll have gotten so much out of that episode. I felt like I should have been taking notes throughout the whole thing. If you want to follow Michelle on Instagram, you can follow her at Michelle Charles Gustafson. Uh, that's Michelle with one L and Gustafson is G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N. I'll also link to it in today's show notes. Um, so hopefully you can find it in the description of this podcast. Big thank you. If you would like to win a copy of Michelle's book, go to Instagram 
my Instagram account at Stressless Ladies where you can find the giveaway for that. So you'll see the picture with the book and that is exactly where you can participate to win a free copy of it. As she said, you know, to read that book is to know her. And if you've enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I know you will enjoy it as well. So I just want to give you a final reminder. The webinar that I'm doing on April 8th, again, it is just going to be so, so powerful. It's April 8th from 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is in honor of Stress Awareness Month. And again, this is the kind of workshop that I give for corporate groups. I don't often do these for free for the public, so it's kind of a one-time only thing. You can sign up on Instagram or you can go to Eventbrite and search Resilient AF. And I hope to see you there. As I said at the top of the podcast, things are going to look a little different around here going forward. The podcast, I'm not quite sure when it's going to be coming back. We're on hiatus for a little bit. When it comes back, it is going to pack a punch. We are going to do shorter seasons with really focused topics. And if you have some content that you want to see in there, if you have a topic that you just want me to do a deep dive in that you're really passionate about, get in touch. So you can find me on Instagram at Stressless Ladies, or you can connect with me via email, victoria at stresslessladies.com. The last, last, last thing I will leave you with, because it's been a lot, it's been, an, it's been a big episode, is if you want to connect one-to-one, if you're interested in some coaching, then you can always email me at victoria at stresslessladies.com. I absolutely adore coaching women through their stress management journey. I actually got to meet up with a former client the other day who did my program a year ago, and she was saying, what a game changer it's been. And I don't say that from a a point, I don't say that in a trying to be braggy way, like that's not what it is at all, but it's just a where she was before we started working together to where she is now. Like she's thriving. She is doing so incredibly well, even through a pandemic, right? And and I'm just so proud of her. The difference is what makes the difference is the program and also she showed up. So if you are ready to stop stressing so much, if you are ready to really recalibrate your relationship with stress, if you want to know more about my program, whether self-led group or one-to-one is the right fit for you, email me, victoria at stresslessladies.com or connect with me on Instagram. I am so passionate about this work. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I am here to help you get to the other side of this relationship with stress. And it is entirely possible. And I can show you how. So I hope to chat with you some more and take good care, everyone. Okay. And I can't wait to reconnect with you soon. Bye.